Welcome to Trinity on this fifth Sunday of Easter. We're glad you're here. And um, we have the joy of a baptism at the late service today. So we're going to put a little baptism song in here this morning. Uh, this is a song that was written 25 years ago or so. And um, it talks about living in that in that baptism water. Once you get baptism, you're sort of surrounded and covered by that water and um, carries you through your whole life. So living wet. the Son of God you were bursting fresh upon this world given by the family and claimed by God you are washed in the water today we are washed in the promise of the living God we are living wet every day we are to live the promise knowing we are loved we are family knowing we are children of god it is sign it is promise it is bond this is of the living God. We are living wet every day. We are called to live the promise knowing we are loved. We are family knowing we are children of God. Jordan long ago carry Christ into the world sent to be God's witnesses and share good news we're set free to do God's will we are washed in the promise of the living God we are living wet every day we are called to live the promise, knowing we are loved. We are family, knowing we are children of God. We are called to live the promise, knowing we are loved. We are family, knowing we are children of Good morning. Thank you, uh, Sheila, Carl, and Ron. Uh, Carl wrote that living wet piece for us 20 years ago or so. Uh, so uh, it's good that we're here, amen? amen? And look what's waiting for us. Uh, the table is set. 
The baptism, I'm sorry, is at the next service, so you're not going to see that, but it is a celebration uh, of our life together, uh, baptism. And the bell choir's here, and they've been practicing this morning, and they're going to be playing for us as well, uh, and we will be sharing the bread and wine of Holy Communion. But first, we're not alone. The order of service is printed uh, in your, uh, on your bulletin, part of your bulletin. Uh, everything's going to be projected for you uh, as well. And uh, we're going to begin with our gathering hymn, Come and See. So if it's comfortable, I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come and see. our hearts now to God in this first prayer that we share this morning called Kyrie Eleison, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy. Kyrie, Kyrie, Eleison, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy. 
In our hymn of praise, let us put on the clothes of Christ. We have some response lines in here, so pay attention. <laughs> Gracious God, our prayer this day is very simple. Let us put on the clothes of Christ. 
and live as equals with everyone. Let us put on the clothes of Christ and reunite the family of God. Every day in every way, may we follow Jesus and learn to love. By this, they will know that we are your disciples. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. The first reading this Sunday is from 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loves us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God, and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. The word of God.
rain a coming. It's coming down. No, I won't sing for you. Thank you, Bell Choir. That's a lot of energy. Uh, a lot of energy there. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate your ministry uh, among us. Uh, they're going to play for us, I think, one more time in June, right, Linda? Is that right? One more time? Yeah. We very much appreciate that. Uh, sermon title this morning be helpful if you could memorize the sermon title for me. By this. Got it? Okay, it's not B-U-Y, like buy something. I'm not selling anything. It's buy this. Okay, we'll come back to that. Jesus, as you know, if you know the story, got in a lot of trouble. Trouble that threatened the order of Jewish life and practice. You see, if you have position, power, or influence, and someone threatens that position or power or influence, it can be quite upsetting. And people will take extreme measures to hold on to their power and position and influence. Jesus got in a lot of trouble. There were certain traditions that were held in high esteem. There were religious laws, hundreds of them in fact, The laws made life more predictable, kept the common people in line, and maintained the status quo. Jesus got in a lot of trouble. He broke some of those laws. You remember, he healed on the Sabbath. He talked to a woman at the well, a foreigner. He ate with known sinners, he touched lepers, he proclaimed the forgiveness of sin when he had no business doing so. Now it should be noted that Jesus and his disciples never broke any civil laws. They were by all accounts law-abiding citizens, so much so that you remember the Holy Week story where Pontius Pilate said, I find no crime in this man. The laws they broke were religious laws, traditions that put unfair burdens on common working people. 612 religious laws that offered little freedom and little joy. But those laws kept the order and kept the people in their place. Jesus got in a lot of trouble. And that trouble led him to a cross. I I have to tell you this, folks, if you haven't figured it out already. You must be really careful with self-righteous religious people. People who use God to protect their position or to justify their existence. The critical question in the emerging Jesus movement 2,000 years ago was this. Did one have to become a Jew to follow Jesus? Could one be Christian without keeping the laws and the traditions of Judaism? Now, it sounds rather silly to us. After all, none of us are Jews, and we follow Jesus. But remember, Jesus was a Jew. His disciples were Jews. The movement that would become known as the way, and then finally as Christianity, was made up in those early days entirely of Jews. They were Jews for Jesus. Jews in practice 
with Jesus tacked on. The Bible tells us that the earliest followers of the resurrected Jesus attended the Jewish temple daily before gathering in the evening in their own homes to share the stories of Jesus and to claim his presence in the bread and wine of the Last Supper. Jews for Jesus. Jesus, the one who never broke a civil law, but rebelled, rebelled against the oppressive laws of Judaism. Jesus got in a lot of trouble. You must be careful with self-righteous religious people. If you cross them, they will shun you or excommunicate you, cross them, offend them, threaten them, and they will burn you on a stake for the sake of Jesus. The critical question in the emerging church 2,000 years ago, would this new movement be for all people? Did God really love the world, or was that just Jesus' hyperbole? Must one convert to Judaism before being welcomed into Club Jesus? Must one be circumcised? Now, i got to tell you, that's a real tough sell in a new member's class. <laughs> Jesus came to reset. He came to reset a lost religious movement. Now, the signs were there, if we're paying attention, they were there from the very beginning. An unwed mother has a child. A working-class carpenter adopted him. Poor, uneducated shepherds were the first to visit Jesus. The heavens lit up, the angels rejoiced, and unclean, star-gazing foreigners from Saudi Arabia crossed borders to see the child of God. And noticeably absent, religious people. In the shadow of the holy city, where rabbis were more plentiful than slugs in your garden, not a single religious person was invited on that starry, starry night. Jesus sent his disciples out after Easter, after the ascension. He sent them out to all nations. He sent them out to the ends of the earth with good news for humans everywhere, good news for all of creation. And the critical question in the early church, would the gospel of Jesus Christ be good news for all? Would Jesus, the Savior, be enough? Or, or would it be Jesus plus? Jesus plus something. Jesus plus circumcision. Jesus plus Luther's catechism. Jesus plus 10% of your income. Jesus plus the 612 religious laws that he rebelled against. And if this movement was to remain pure, if this Jesus club was really worth being a part of, if there was to be any prestige in this movement, then there had to be some standards, did there not? Because if there were no standards, then all control would be lost. So let's see, if, if you're a divorced, okay, you're out. 
And if there's suicide or mental illness in your family, well, you're out too. And if you're a woman, well, you, you can be in. You can be in the club, but you really can't be in leadership. You can't be a pastor. What would this movement look like? What standards would there be? Who's in and who's out? Now, the critical question came to a head on the sea coast of the Mediterranean. In the port of Joppa, where hundreds of years earlier Jonah was told that God loved the hated Assyrians. Jonah, you remember, was told to go to Nineveh and preach the good news, and he ran from God. He went in the opposite direction. He could not imagine that God's love was that inclusive. And where did he end up? You know the story. He ended up in the belly of a whale, and he was spit up on the shores of Nineveh. Sometime later, after Easter, the disciple Philip was enjoying a stroll along the seacoast when he encountered an Ethiopian eunuch in Gaza. Now, this was, um, this was like the last convert that a fledgling movement would want. This was the last one they would want. He had been mutilated. He was a slave. He would not be welcomed in the temple in Jerusalem. He had a different skin color. He was from another land. But the Spirit of God moved. And Philip talked to this Ethiopian eunuch. He talked to him. And finally, the Ethiopian eunuch said, Here is water. What is to keep me from being baptized? And Philip said, hold your horses here. You need to wait, like, like wait for a new members class. I can't just do this. I have to call my bishop. My church council is not going to like this. You can't just be baptized because you want to follow Jesus. You first must become a Jew or, or a Lutheran or something. But he was baptized that day. And order in the Jesus movement had given way to grace and inclusivity. Now, shortly after that happened, Peter was in Joppa. He was minding his own business when God interrupted his complacency, shook him to the core, and made him question his allegiance to the 612 laws of Judaism. He had a vision that day, and in this vision, God told him to eat bacon. And there was a voice from heaven. The voice from heaven said, Peter, nothing that comes from God is unclean. Not food and not people. And the next thing you know, Peter is on his way up the coast to a God-forsaken pagan city of Caesarea. No good Jew would go to this Roman city, much less enter the house of a Gentile there. But i got to tell you, God was up to something old in a brand new way. God so loved the world. The world, Jews, Greeks, Romans, females, Gentiles. Peter arrived, came in the house, he told them about Jesus, and the Roman centurion Cornelius and his household were baptized that day. And then there was a knock at the door, and it was Lana Johnson trying to sign them up for coffee next week. (laughs) Praise the Lord. 
The only response to God's inclusive grace and invitation is praise the Lord. Jesus loves the world. The gospel is for all, right? Yeah, it's never that simple. Not in the church, it's not. What happened to Peter? Do you remember? Peter got called to the national church office in Jerusalem. And the religious people there, these Jews for Jesus, they were not happy. They said, stop it, Peter. What were you thinking? If you keep this up, soon all sorts of riffraff will be a part of the Jesus movement and all order will be lost. The critical question, is Jesus the Savior of the world? Is the good news really good news for all people, or is it just for people who like, look like us? People who worship like us? People who jump through the hoops that we construct to keep our standards high? I was a student at Luther Seminary, assigned to be an intern at a local Twin Cities Lutheran church. There were three of us students there. We're all preparing together for ordained ministry. We met every week with a pastor. He was a good man, a very good man, a good teacher. He had given his life to the church. The interns were, well, we taught Bible studies. We led worship. We preached once during a Lenten service, and we served communion. And there was a man who worshiped there every week. He worshiped there with his parents. He was dressed well. His clothes were a little dated, but he always had one of those clip-on ties on. And he walked forward for communion, but he always walked forward with his hands folded in prayerful concentration on his face. And then everyone around him received bread and wine, and he received a blessing. And I asked the pastor the next week, I said, why don't we commune Eddie? And he said, well, he's got Down syndrome. He doesn't know what he's doing. And I said, wait, but those who are looking at their watches, afraid of missing the kickoff of the Vikings game, they're okay, right? He said, we must have order, Jim. You'll understand someday. I was with our ELCA national bishop last week, Elizabeth Eaton, and she said that she had not received Holy Communion for 14 months during the pandemic because communing online didn't seem valid. Stop it. Stop trying to control God. Stop trying to keep the church pure. Stop creating silly religious laws to keep people out and maintain good order. Just stop it. Do you really think for even a minute that Jesus needs us to protect him? Do we really think that the master of the universe is so fragile that we need to provide security and keep undesirables away from him? Stop it! If a child comes forward to receive the bread and wine and they hold out their little hands, am I called to protect Jesus or to serve them? On one occasion, I had a little, a little one receive the host, the body of Christ, I gave it to him, and he immediately turned and dipped it in the baptismal font. <laughs> and what a wonderful intinction it was. 
and no one was harmed, and no one was offended, and God did not need protection. And I think it's safe to say that the smile from heaven was more likely to come than a thunderbolt. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. Little children who are faithful, but they're messy and they're loud. But certainly there must be some rules here, Pastor Jim. We, we have to have some decorum, right? We must maintain some control. A quote from St. Teresa of Avila. From silly devotions and sour-faced saints, good Lord, deliver us. Eddie, you're welcome to come forward for communion. This table welcomes you. And doubters, if there are any doubters in the room, you're welcome to come forward for communion. And the divorced, you'll be embraced here. And the sinner will hear words of grace here. And the lost will be found, and the, parable, the, the prodigal sons and daughters will come home and be welcomed here. And now our gospel text, the 13th chapter of John. You're saying, wait a minute, shouldn't you be about done? <laughs> well, I'm heading for the off-ramp. Just stay with me for just a minute. Jesus is in the final moments of his life. He addressed his disciples, Philip and Peter, and those who would be entrusted with the gospel. And this is what Jesus said. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. You remember the sermon title? By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is the commandment of a dying man. These are deathbed words. One does not waste words when the end is near. Love one another. You see, this is the only measure that matters. This is the only measure that matters for our church. By this, everyone will know. So who will we be? And how will we be known in this community? And this is the measure of our lives as well. Loving one another. The choice to love. By this they will know. If we have love for one another, they will know we are Christians by our love. Well, that's not always been the case. Not always been the case in the church. The church, like all human institutions, corrupted by power. The poor have been oppressed and squeezed and guilted to build great cathedrals. They'll know we are Christians by our love. Often the church has lost its way, as old men like me have used every tool to protect their position and power. They'll know we are Christians by our love. It's not always been the case for me. But whatever time we have left starts today. No more judging. No more excluding. No more silly church rules. And may we not be a church that piles its persecution on troubled, broken souls. Let us not be self-righteous, grumpy, religious people who appoint themselves to protect 
Jesus from riffraff. No, we can do better. We must do better. Jesus got in a lot of trouble. So let's get in some trouble. But let's get in trouble for the right reasons. Stick to Jesus. Stand for love. By this, they will know that we are his disciples. Amen? I stand for love, I stand for peace, I stand for joy and for release, for what is beautiful and true. I stand for hope, I stand for you, I stand for love, I stand for peace, I stand for joy and for release. For what is beautiful and true I stand for hope I stand for you You know our world is in great pain She needs our loving care again But there are those who fail to see What we have done And what we there is a cost for every act And now there is no turning back We burn a bridge, we bang a drum It's time to rise, the time has come Join me to stand for love, to stand for peace To stand for joy and for relief what is beautiful and true to stand to stand for you if you're thinking it's not urgent that we've got more time to kill if i'm not the one who'll change things then force heaven's I will climb that mountain one step at a time. I won't be swayed. I will not stop until we've made it to the star where we will stand for love and peace. We'll stand for joy and for release. For what is stand for hope, we'll stand for you, for what is beautiful and true. 
you to stand. Lift our hearts to prayer. Daryl's going to lead us in the prayers. Each petition will end God of love and our response. Hear our prayer. Oh God, your son remained with his disciples after his erection, teaching them to love all people as neighbors. As his disciples in this age, we offer our prayers. Loving God, lead us to follow your spirit rather than our own prejudices or desires as the church cares for one another. Open us to perceive your gifts in those we least expect. God of love, Loving God, you call us to show your love by our words and by our actions. Let the power of your love and the witness of your people transform the hearts of leaders who lead by fear and oppression. Bring wholeness, safety, and justice to the people of Haiti, Ukraine, Palestine, Israel, Sri Lanka, Hong Kong, and anywhere greed and the thirst for power overpower your vision of the beloved community. God of love. Loving God, hear the cries of the sick and the dying, the hungry and homeless, the lost and forgotten. We lift up our friends Bruce Howard, Arlene Diamond, Brandy Kidd, and Press Wadsworth as they journey toward relief and healing. Let us live and love as they would have us, caring for all we meet. God of love. Loving God, the psalmist writes, the sun and the moon and shining stars praise your name, the fish of the deep, the creatures of the earth, and the birds of the air glorify you. Let us remember the victims of fires and droughts, of hurricanes, earthquakes, and tornadoes as we commit to restoring creation after years of neglect and abuse. Let the beauty of the spring songbirds remind us of our sacred call, a call to love. God of love. Loving God, watch over little Bjarna Stephen as he is baptized and wanders into this wide, wonderful world. Keep him and his loved ones in your watchful care as he experiences love beyond measure. God of love. Into your loving hands, almighty God, we commend all that we pray, trusting in your grace and mercy, mercy through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. Please share a sign of peace and greeting with one another. Thank you for sharing that greeting of peace. After the service, uh, take that good energy over into the gym for a time of coffee and cookies and uh, fellowship together. Uh, we'd encourage you to reconnect with uh, friends, but also to always be on the 
look out for new people because we have new people joining us uh, almost every week, and uh, your welcome means a lot to them. So uh, don't you take a chance of saying, are you new here? And someone say, 1958, that's when I joined. <laughs> uh, but that's okay. That's all good. So, uh, card ministry every week. We've got a, a couple names out there in the narthex. Those cards mean a lot to people. Uh, Ann Posner of our parish, uh, her husband uh, Bob died quite suddenly this week. Uh, so her name is out there. If you could send her a card, that would be great. And Jim Newman, you know Jim with a big long beard, looks like Santa Claus. Uh, Jim is uh, in, in the hospital with COVID, uh, and so we're keeping him close in our prayers. And he was feeling a little, little better yesterday, but obviously it's a, a concern. So his name's out there too as well. If you could send cards, that'd be great. Adult education this morning, it's your dream come true. It's stump the pastors. Pastor Dennis and Pastor Tom. Tom, did you sleep last night worrying about this one? This is kind of a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so bring your, uh, bring your questions down and have fun with uh, Pastor Tom and Pastor Eric down in the fireside room. Tiny houses in the name of Christ. I think we have a projection for that. Uh, this is uh, Koyla Shepherd and her team. Koyla, wave at us. And Gina, is Gina here? Gina, no, Gina, Gina's here. Gina is on the board. Koyla, this was uh, kind of her brainchild. Uh, this is uh, in Langley, tiny houses. Uh, they have an open house next week. So we're giving you a little heads up on that, 12 to 3.30, trying to help uh, affordable housing for uh, workers here uh, on South Woodby who serve us in a variety of ways. You'll hear more about this. Uh, the church council will be talking more about this today as well when they meet. Uh, we're uh, trying to decide how we as a congregation can come alongside this effort. So see Koila, see Gina, and uh, that open house uh, next week. Uh, one more thing uh, before I call Deacon Amy up. Uh, we have a new hearing assess assist system that we just installed here in the sanctuary. So if you have problems hearing... Uh, see Laura Canby after the service. We have some new hearing assist that we put in here uh, that I, I'm told it's like night and day. So um, she can talk, you can talk to her afterwards and try it out. And the next week you'll know when you come in to come a few minutes early and get set up uh, with that. Uh, we're going to call on Deacon Amy. Good morning. So I was just handed this in the narthex this morning. This is the annual Kids Fishing Derby happening this weekend. This is Saturday, May 21st, or next weekend, I suppose, May 21st from 9 to 1 at Lake Albert. And this is for all kids ages 2 to 14 in our community. I know that's a great tradition, and we're excited to see that back this year. Um, there's a brand new orange half-sheet flyer on the table in the narthex has all of your information for children, youth, and family events and things happening within our congregation. Uh, notes about Sunday school and nursery hours, confirmation class. Um, our middle school youth group will continue to meet on Wednesdays at 5. Our high school youth group is now on summer break. This is the time of year when those kids start to get really busy, so we've taken one more thing off of their schedule. So um, high school is on summer break, and then watch for more information about Vacation Bible School this summer, July 18th to 22nd. Really looking forward to a great week there. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Deacon Amy. Carl, anything for us? Nope. No? Okay, choir practice on Wednesday nights. Wednesday, 6.30. Come few, join us. A few uh, extra spots for you. 
in the two, choir. Two rehearsals left. We also have uh, uh, lots of announcements printed in your bulletin, including the fact that uh, we have a sign-up on the Narthex for a trail walk on June 14th. So if you'd like to go with uh, folks from the congregation on a trail walk, there's a sign-up out there for that as well. Now, as we move towards Holy Communion, um, word you need to hear is that all are welcome. It's not a Lutheran table. It is the table of Jesus. We, uh, we work here. All we do is set the table. And anyone Jesus invites to come is welcome, and that is all of you today. You'll come down the center aisle. You'll hold your hand out to receive the host. Hold on to it momentarily. Uh, then you will intinct it, dip it into the chalice of your choice. The first chalice will have wine. The second chalice will have grape juice. All are welcome. I'd invite you to stand. We gather now at a table that welcomed our parents and grandparents, a table that will welcome Christians across the world this day of a variety of denominations and a variety of colors. We gather at a table where Jesus gathered with his disciples on a Thursday night in Holy Week. It was the night in which he was betrayed. And on that night, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. And he gave it for all to drink saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus Christ has promised to be present with us. Let us pray now as he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Gifts of God for the people of God, all are welcome. Please come. You may be seated.
I would invite you to stand. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, you have been fed and forgiven. And now the call is to go out those doors and share that grace and love with others. We don't go alone. We go together. God goes with us. And as you depart, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sending hymn, Lord of all hopefulness.